Welcome to the brand new season, and we are on season three of the Environment Agency Abu Dhabi podcast, Naturally Educated. I am your host, Abdurrahman Zabi, and new to the season, my co-host is Tim Elliott. How's it going, Tim? Abdurrahman, do you know, it's really good to be with you for a brand new season of Naturally Educated. I've got to say, first of all, thanks for having me uh, on with you. Thank you for joining us. This is a great pleasure. Uh, let's just do a little bit of background for anybody listening, thinking, so this is a new boy. Uh, what, <laughs> who is this and what's going on here? Uh, so I was the producer for last season. So we've known each other for a while. Uh, and of course, last season was Majid and yourself. I, I feel like we've known each other forever. <laughs> That's the way podcasts work, I think. Um, we've got a really, really good season lined up. I want to say that before anything, because we're going to be talking single-use plastic. We're going to talk biodiversity. We're going to explore why the UAE's mangroves are so special. Um, we'll be talking about how not to waste food and loads and loads more. And I have to say as well, I feel like we're both set to learn a lot. I'm pretty sure we are. It's a lot of topics. There's a lot of updates on these topics, and uh, we'll carry the listeners through them. Before that, though, I wanted to ask you, Abdurrahman, what was it that you, when you, when did you first realize that you wanted to be more sustainable? Because you, I always think knowing you, uh, for as much as I know you, you're kind of quite a green thinking guy. And that is a compliment. Doesn't sound like it, but it mm -hmm. is. Um, when was it that you first thought, I could contribute more, I could lead a more environmentally conscious lifestyle? Where does that interest come from? Where does your kind of environmentalness come from? Thank you for that compliment. I'll, I will take it as a compliment. Um, I That's a good question as well. Um, I really don't know exactly how to answer it because you we have been hearing a lot about recycling, about environmental, uh, the importance of environmental uh, protection and so on from high mm. school uh, and throughout my university, uh, bachelor's degree and so on in the States. Um, and I started to participate in environmentally aware um, volunteering events, uh, cleaning up beaches, um, doing things like that slowly. And then I think one uh, decision I made in my life, which is to pursue my master's. Uh, I've mentioned this before previously on the previous seasons. Uh, but when I did that, what happened then is I joined a university that is focused on sustainability. I started meeting a lot of people that are in the field and are interested in how to uh, you know, focus on sustainability. And that led me to learn more, to share more and you know, impact the environment in a good way. I always think once once it's there, once it's presented to you, I mean, one of the things with me is I've got two uh, kids. I've got a boy and a girl, and they both kind of um, encourage me as one way of putting it. They probably guilt me into being more <laughs> into being greener, if I'm honest. But because you know, I've I've now learned a little bit. I try and stick to it. Is, is it like that with you? I would think so. Yes. I mean, hmm. the thing is, when you start learning more, right? You kind of feel guilty not to do it because now you are mm. understand the connection between the actions you take and how it impacts the environment. Do you know what? I think we've got more to learn in this, but that's <laughs> a really good start point. It's a really good place that it comes from because it's kind of uh, within you, uh, I guess. Should we talk about the new episode, the new season? Absolutely, yes. Episode one uh, in this fantastic brand new season. <laughs> 
You know, I feel like we're starting with something extra special, uh, Abdurrahman. Mm. I, I know it's going to be a special series of podcasts. There's a lot to talk about in 2023 from the UAE perspective, mm. Europe Sustainability, COP28, uh, and all of that stuff. And we're kicking off with a look at climate change. And really, I suppose it's an overview of climate policy, really, with a very, very special guest, uh, mm. someone who's at the the very heart of COP28, which is on here in the UAE at the end of November. He's also at the heart of the Year of Sustainability. He's one of the Sustainability Experts Network. Hmm. Uh, I mean, it is the Year of Sustainability, uh, and we'll be discussing and celebrating some of the initiatives that will be happening this year during this season. Uh, however, it is also worth pointing out, I think, that the purpose of the Year of Sustainability is to influence positive behavioral change through collective action taken by you know, regular individuals. So it is very important to stress, I think, specifically. And I, for one, really hope that we can add something positive through this podcast. I mean, I hope so as well. It, it, the thing is, it's a big, big year in terms of climate policy, awareness, sustainability here in the UAE, COP28, as we've mm -hmm. said in Dubai, the UN Climate Change Conference. It's also really important to remember that the nation is preparing for it, not just on, you know, that kind of the grand level of the, you know, the macro level, the policy mm. level, but it's also a community driven initiative mm. as well. That's really nice, actually. Um, and that's obviously exactly right. I think uh, today it's the UAE's climate policy journey, right? So there's so much to discuss about this journey because it started way back and where it is going as well. is just uh, incredibly inspiring. And uh, as I understand it, uh, you said that we've got an expert uh, that has some answers to give us, right? Uh, and we're really looking forward to hearing from him to hear what he has to say. But uh, I just have a question to ask you. Where is he right now? Is he in Germany or France? Uh, or am I even close to that? <laughs> you kind of are. Um, he's just reached Paris uh, from Bonn in Germany. Uh, in fact, he's really, really busy. And we've managed to get just a little bit of time with him today. Uh, mm. As you can imagine, his schedule's about as full as a schedule uh, could mm -hmm. be. He's preparing for COP28. Uh, and we'll have more on exactly how he's involved uh, in just a little while. Before we get to the discussion, a quick reminder, as always, uh, guys, we'd like to just make sure that you're following us, getting in touch with us. If you'd like to reach out, share your comments, or if you have a story to share, let us know what you think. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, at Environment Abu Dhabi, one word. And you can also find us on our website, or YouTube at Environment Agency Abu Dhabi. Give us a like and hit subscribe as well wherever you find your podcasts. Now, let's get on to today's podcast titled A Journey Through Climate Policy. In other words, climate change, the climate issues we face here in the UAE, what the nation is doing uh, in the fight against climate change, and what we can all do to help make sure that we do our bit to take a lead and contribute. Exactly right, Abdurrahman. This season, that's where we're starting. And our expert guest is a man on the front line. Indeed. Time to get more about the year of sustainability uh, and more on what the UAE is doing to fight climate change. Let's get into it, Tim. Omar Al-Breki is the Deputy Chief Negotiator and Head of Implementation for COP28. 
Omar is also one of the experts forming the Sustainability Experts Network, which is part of the UAE Sustainability Initiative, the Year of Sustainability Initiative. And he's with us all the way from Paris. Omar, it's a great pleasure to have you with us on Naturally Educated. Thank you very much, Tim, and thank you for having me. It's actually a pleasure to be representing uh, the sustainability team and uh, the year of sustainability and uh, the climate envoy. So happy to be here. Omar, let's start with where you are now. I know you've just arrived in Paris. So what's happening right now with you? What's the news? So Tim, I was I actually just arrived in Paris, but I was actually in Bonn. So uh, we just got done with uh, the subsidiary body sessions, which is one of the main uh, milestones for basically the negotiations process under the United Nations framework for climate change. So the COP process, basically. Uh, we had uh, multiple consultations. We consulted with different parties and groups and tried to find ways to bridge the gap and having more ambitious climate action uh, within the process and uh, signaling the world for more climate action, basically. So that's where we are. And now I'm in Paris, basically. There's important things happening like the Macron Summit, which is going to be around finance. Uh, and yeah, so that's what's going on. I mean, the thing is, it, it's hard to overstate the importance of this year, 2023. We've obviously got the year of sustainability and the initiatives that surround that. We've got COP28 at the end of the year, the World Environment Education Congress just into 2024. There must be so much to do. How do you keep on top of it all? Yeah, I mean, you know, Tim, COP28 is is as you said, it's like a milestone, an opportunity for the world to come together to course correct, um, drive progress towards keeping the goals and the ambitions of the Paris Agreement alive. Um, the significant part about our COP uh, and this year specifically, 2023, is that uh, there's a process going on which is called the global stock tick. Uh, and what it would highlight is basically how, how we're off course in meeting our goals the Paris Agreement, and it's actually a course corrections point. So it, the global stock take is the first time we'll be taking stock since 2015, so since the Paris Agreement was agreed upon and launched, and see how far, as as a, globally, how far we've gone and what we need to do to course correct in this critical decade ahead. It's a very important year. So let's get into the main topic of this podcast. Um, this first episode of the new season of Naturally Educated uh, is titled A Journey Through Climate Change Policy. It's a huge topic, of course, uh, but I'd like to try to tackle some of the main points that the journey through climate change uh, has. First, let's begin with general observations. In the UAE, we live in a desert environment, as everyone could notice, right? Uh, where we are more susceptible, of course, to water scarcity. We face possibly harsher weather conditions than many other nations in this world. So it's really no surprise that the UAE is classified among the countries with the highest rate of vulnerability to climate impacts in the world. Yeah, definitely. The UAE is significantly uh, impacted by climate change. As you said, you know, we have uh, heat, heat is extreme, water scarcity, drought, sea level, um, acidity. It's all a reality for the UAE today. Uh, and that's why climate action is imperative to the UAE. Uh, I mean, we're exposed to the risks of climate change as any, co as any country in the world uh, and, and have 
you know, we've made climate action central to our development as a nation. And uh, this, this, is, this has been imperative and important. I mean, when you talk about, and if you really break it down, you look at sea rise level, the UAE has nearly 1,300 kilometers of coastline. And about 90% of the infrastructure of the UAE is located within several meters of the sea level, of, of the coastline. And 85% of the population actually is on, uh, basically on, on sea level, sea level in low, in low lying coastal areas. So when you talk about sea rise level, you're talking about how all this infrastructure and these people are going to be impacted. So that's an issue. You, you have things, of course, when you talked about water resources, uh, and and the UAE is also susceptible to natural disasters. We have to think about that as well. So you know, climate change, the balance of, the balance of water supply and demand. You know, the gap in water availability worldwide is growing, and the UAE is no no guest to that. So we are a country that's experiencing that very much. So um, you know, certain areas in the UAE is going to be constantly. Uh, suffering from droughts and water shortages, and some areas are going to be uh, susceptible to floods. So climate change is, is a big issue. And then, of course, we can talk about many different things that climate change impact, whether it be agriculture, whether it be human health, whether it be even air pollution, which, uh, you know, the WHO has made very clear that how uh, many people and health issues are growing immensely because of uh, the, the 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 increase in uh, pollution and uh, susceptible to climate change, basically. So, yeah. We'd like to talk to you quite broadly about climate change and look at the international impact, I guess, and the international response. I mean, there are so many important environmental issues. You've mentioned some of them there at national level and obviously at a global level. But I think it's also important to highlight just how much awareness is raised here in the UAE. And there's a really simple way of measuring that. The first is that the UAE is one of just a handful of nations with a government ministry dedicated to climate change and the environment. And I'd also like to share a very quick story with you. I first came here when I was a small child, 1980. My dad was a civil engineer. He came to Dubai, then moved to Fujairah, and he came to build the seawall that runs along the Fujairah coast. So it's always struck me that awareness that we need to consider the impact of climate change, but also the impact of nature in this region as well, has always been here. And I often wonder too, how many of us realize quite how proactive the UAE has been and continues to be? No, I fully agree with you, Tim. And you've touched upon something very unique and significant to the UAE in the region specifically. You know, the UAE has been, was the first country to ratify the Paris Agreement. It was the first to commit to an economy-wide reduction in emissions by 2030. Um, looking into the first to announce in the region their net zero targets um, and have been one of only 29 countries to revise a second NDC, um, you know, prior to COP27 when there was callings of that. So the UAE has been doing a lot. The UAE has been doing a lot and has been, has been an early uh, adopter uh, of climate action, whether it be in the energy sector, whether it be in ways of adaptation, so adapting to climate change, uh, or or basically 
leading the way. So the UAE has been doing it for many years. The UAE has been doing it before it was even economically viable. So uh, it's it's in our DNA. It's basically in, in our DNA. It really is. And I think that's a really important point you bring up. Uh, if we look at our forefathers, for example, Omar, uh, and the UAE seafaring heritage, uh, pearl diving, fishing, uh, were some of the early industries here in the UAE. Uh, and it would be fair to say that environmental awareness as a concept uh, and a sustainable attitude as well was kind of within people brought up in that environment at that time back in the day. Um, obviously, a very different time than today. Uh, and I think that's an important point to make because it's not just a financial imperative or an environmental imperative. It's uh, almost like a cultural imperative. No, no, I fully agree. You know, and then when you think of it, you know, we sometimes we we look at the macro level, you know, you look at policy, you look at what the government is putting in place. But what we have in the UAE is, as you said, you know, we look at our forefathers, we look at what we've been doing for many, many years, even before this became uh, a, ma- a matter of urgency, and it, it's 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 basically what the individual can do, right? And the the, the UAE has been um, has been the UAE and its people have been uh, looking. When you look at the culture itself, there is, has has always been in one way or another a conscious lifestyle, and uh, it's something that we need to to keep on building on, I believe, and something we need to to remember that our forefathers took first, whether it be responsible consumption, whether it be conservation, climate change. It, it can't be emphasized more. The individual makes a difference. And uh, I mean, that's something we have to we have to look at. And the year of sustainability is very much focusing on that today and something that we really need to prioritize. So uh, I fully agree. You've mentioned a couple of the climate change issues, a number of them, uh, in fact, in general. So let's consider those, if you don't mind. And can you also comment on the UAE's response to climate change in general and detail the steps that the government has taken to limit the effects of climate change? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the UAE has has been looking at it on every 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 single angle so when i mean every single angle looking at it into different sectors so i mentioned that we've announced net zero the idea of the net zero strategic initiative is that basically we're looking at how every sector can do its part in terms of climate action so how can we have more uh, for example more clean energy in our in our system um, and this is something that we've been investing in for more than 15 years right so it's not something new but how can we expand on that how can we look at um, ensuring that we're protecting ourselves for the 50 years to come, whether it be uh, basically adapting to climate change. How can we uh, look at heavy emitters, industries? How can we grow our economy, but grow it in a sustainable manner, right? Um, how can we meet energy de- demands? You know, looking at energy demands. Energy demands are going to continuously increase, but how can we meet that demand in a more sustainable manner? So that was that was the idea of the net zero. Announcing net zero is that looking into every single sector, looking at every single detail and the lifestyles that we're going to be, um, uh, like how are we going to meet our lifestyles and our and our and our demand in the future. So uh, the UAE has been doing that now and has been doing it for many years, even before it's announced its uh, net zero pathway and has been leading it the way when it comes to clean energy or natural based solutions or decarbonizing their different uh, industries. 
I'd like to get back to the year of sustainability because there are a number of initiatives there. And one of the things about the year of sustainability is that it's a call to action. I think that's kind of the best way to phrase it. The UAE is calling on us to think about how we live here and how we could make real changes, meaningful changes in our everyday lives so that we can adopt a more, I suppose, environmentally conscious lifestyle. And the focus is on three areas, and it's responsible consumption, conservation, obviously. You know the effects and the attitude that we have to climate change. It's hard to foster, I think, an attitude. But if you take these three steps, and we can all take our own personal responsibility, isn't that a great deal of the battle taking place to win the war? No, definitely. Uh, you know, the individual makes a difference. Every individual has a collective responsibility towards the larger goal, right? The larger equation, if we put it. And uh, when we look at it, the government can do so much, but the individual is the person who's going to drive uh, drive the demand, whether it's the drive the demand for sustainable uh, resource, sustainable ways of living, or or not. You know, the, there's 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 much that the individual can do, and I think when you look, I think one of the messaging that the year of sustainability is trying to drive is to trying to empower the public and inviting them to kind of share their collective responsibility for the future of our planet. So. Um, it, it's trying to show ways where sustainable practices can be uh, infused into our daily lives, addressing uh, the key focus areas of our responsibility, whether it be consumption, conservation. It's the way that we need to push uh, the public to, to, or not push, but actually encourage the public to, to, to drive forward. Well, it's also about simplifying the message, isn't it, Omar? Uh, I mean, the motto is pretty straightforward, today for tomorrow. Correct. Yeah, yeah, I fully agree. It's very simple. And then it's, it is it is a simple message and it is simple changes that make a big difference, I think. Oh, well, let's talk about the UAE's environmental policies and the main priorities. I'd, I'd like to talk through a few things. I think many of us don't realise the steps that the UAE has taken. And I'll mention just a few names. You've mentioned something about these, but Net Zero 2050, the initiative, uh, the UAE General Environment Policy of 2021, for example. If you could outline the main points and just really simplify what the UAE is doing and also what it really means for us all. So, Tim, uh, basically, when we look at, at the UAE and the initiatives that they're trying to drive, whether it be through the net zero or whether it be through the 2021 environmental plan that has been put in place. The idea is that what we're trying to do is shift the demand into a more sustainable manner, right? So we're trying to have people use more sustainable uh, resources, whether it be in the transportation section, whether it be in the energy, whether it be protecting our biodiversity. It's we're preparing ourselves as a country for the future to be able to, to basically uh, exist and reduce the impacts that will be coming to us through climate change, through, through heat waves, through our 
uh, agriculture. So basically ensuring that we have the, the right technology in place to, to ensure that we can feed our people, whether it be agriculture and reducing the impacts that are coming from climate change. So that's the, the, the shift that the UAE is trying to do. And ensuring as well, it's the idea of ensuring that our economy can be viable in the future. Well, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I mean, it really does come down to the simple things, doesn't it? Uh, look at the ban on single-use plastic bags, for example, right? Uh, if you go to the supermarket, the increase in people carrying tote bags, and obviously I'm one of them, <laughs> uh, and not taking, you know, multiple plastic bags for, for just a few items, I mean, that's 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 has increased. Um, so if we can get that across as simple as it sounds, then we're really getting the message through, right? Yeah, no, definitely. The plastic initiative is a great, a great example that you put forth. I mean, when you look at it and you look at the impacts and the lifespan of plastics that go for over hundreds of years and the impact it creates on our biodiversity, uh, it's huge. It, and people don't know this. So plastic, when it, it starts to decompose, it actually gets into the environment. It gets into our air. It gets into our food. It gets into our different thing. And it affects us as human beings, not just the biodiversity. And what that ends up doing is, is, is actually creating health issues over, over, over generations. So it's not a small thing, but imagine just the individual being able to switch from uh, from plastics to a more sustainable uh, material that uh, through sh through basically doing their groceries actually has a direct impact so yeah it really does i mean honestly i remember the days of the plastic bag trees you know the trees full of plastic bags uh, when when we're driving up to the northern emirates uh, it was a real issue uh, something that is really serious but if you drive that same route nowadays obviously it's just not like that anymore that's completely correct yeah and and you know and people are accepting it people are pushing forward you know and it's it's a good thing to see and it's it, and it it does make a direct impact like i'm saying it it's such a people can think that it's a, such a small change but it has such a large impact uh, overall so yeah yes and you know to have it as simply put as that uh, and to understand that well if i don't actually take two plastic bags or i turn the water off when i'm doing the washing up it's the little things we can do uh, easy things we can do that may well actually save us some money as well which is another kind of bonus side effect if you like the thing is it's such a challenge globally to fight climate change. If you look at CO2 emissions, for example, here in the UAE, they're attributed to motor vehicles. Now, we love our cars, uh, but it's also, of course, air conditioning, without which life would be a lot harder. We have desalination plants and power stations contributing. Power produced from carbon-based fuel is important, but overall emissions in the UAE and I think this is the real context, a less than a percent of global emissions. So even when we get to carbon zero, I'm saying when, not if, it doesn't make that much difference on the impact of climate change because 99% of the emissions come from other countries. So it's really a global fight to meet the challenge. Yeah, definitely. But you know what? The UAE has been stepping forward. And one of the things that they've been stepping forward is by now, you know, bidding and winning the right to host COP28. The COP process itself as a whole is basically driving global consensus and global policy signals in order to drive the change and become more uh, and drive climate action forward through different aspects, whether it be through 
reducing carbon emissions through mitigation or adapting to climate impacts or increasing finance for uh, climate action. So even though the UAE is such a small country, uh, it's trying to really put its footprint and drive the change for climate change and make sure that we are we are, we are being an example for others, you know? So, so I mean, the UAE needs to needs to show the the other countries that they're if they can do it, then the, if they can do it, then the the expectation is that those other countries that are having the most the, the largest footprint should follow directly. Should be able to do it. So uh, I do see the positivity in the UAE being a leader and an example for others. And that word example is the key. I think it's very easy to look at the UAE and see the UAE, you know, with this heritage as an oil economy and to look and point the finger. But when the UAE is able to turn around and say, look, COP is here. Look at the changes we've made. Look at the environmental impacts that we've been able to mitigate over a sustained period. It's not to say that you can, I guess, shame other nations, but you can certainly make people think, hold on a minute. This is not the biggest nation in the world, but this is a nation really trying to take the lead. Yeah. No, Tim, and you you brought up a very important point. And uh, just to kind of call it out, you know, many countries are saying that the UAE is an oil and gas producing country, correct? Yeah. The UAE, the UAE today has has over 70 percent of its economy uh, that is not based on oil and gas. And that didn't come by luck, right? Sure. This came from decades of investments and and uh, and moving towards an energy transition that uh, that diversifies our economy. So the UAE, of course, you know, invested over fifty billion U.S. dollars in renewable energies over seven in over seventy countries. So not just locally, but in different countries, whether it be in developed countries or developing countries. Uh, and you know, by 2030, we would have the UAE would have installed a capacity of 14 gigawatts of clean energy. You know, Masdar, as the renewable energy company, is growing to a global capacity of 100 gigawatts. So, I mean, the UAE has really been building the energy system of tomorrow, not just locally but globally, and reducing its carbon intensity immensely. And by being an example, by you know. The UAE was almost fully based upon oil and gas when it comes to its revenue. Today, it's 30, I believe 30%, something around that. So I think um, I think we're, we're, we're not only uh, talking the talk, but walking the walk and, and being an example globally for it. So Yeah, that's definitely a good way to do it. Um, it's interesting that we spend a lot of time talking about what the UAE is doing. And I think one of the main things in this episode is the journey to climate change policy if you like. Um, and I don't mean to put you there on the spot, Omar, but uh, I know that you've got some answers to this question specifically. Um, I know also it's a really simple question. Honestly, what can we do to help? And what can we all do, everybody listening, um, you know, regular folks, uh, if you like? Or let me ask it another way. What should we not be doing? Well, that's a question. So, the, <laughs> so when you think about it, when you think about this and you think of the individual person, right? The individual person, uh, as I said previously, you know, can make a difference. You know, when we look at when we look at the macro level, we look at the whether we look at the UAE, the government, the policymakers, hmm. 
uh, or even the COP28 team, if we put it that way, that are looking very much into the macro level. We cannot emphasize the importance of the support and the drive that comes from the individual. Being responsible when it comes to your consumption, uh, whether it be your energy consumption, whether it be your food consumption, being conservative, looking into conservation, ensuring that we protect our resources, whether that be, you know, the simplest things like when you, when, when, even when you go on a daily basis, whether you go to the beach or whether you go to the desert and, and not polluting the area or not, uh, or, or just being more responsible with, with what you do with your waste. I mean, there, these little things make a big difference and it, it actually brings the UAE and the, the UAE to a higher level of credibility mm. because there, it's one thing to put a policy, but it's another thing to have people follow it, right? So just just have the individual actually do their part, I think. You are absolutely right. I would echo that it's easy to say that this is what we should be doing, but to get people to actually share transportation, for instance, uh, to carpool, uh, or to make sure that we're all recycling responsibly. Uh, I mean, a lot of us recycle, but you know, we could do more, obviously, waste segregation, composting, uh, all of the things that we could do to get to uh, kickstart. That's not easy. It's really tough. It's really a reboot of the way many of us think. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, just to kind of break down that transportation example, you know, when we think of it, it's evident that, you know, the the, the energy sector is the highest polluting sector. But you'd be surprised to hear that the transportation sector is actually the second largest carbon emitting source, you know, after energy generation. Yes. And when you break it down, you know, there's, there's, you know, what's, what exactly are the impacts? You know, you think of it, you think of the impacts that can come to the individual themselves, you know, if people decide to take public transportation, there are clear benefits to it. Rather than just the idea of people saying, you know, we're reducing green ga greenhouse gas emissions and stuff, which is important. But when we reduce these greenhouse gas emissions, we actually reduce traffic congestion. Uh, when, you, when you look at it, uh, public transportation, uh, you know, it, it, when you take public trans transportation and reduce uh, personal transportation, you're actually improving air quality, which directly has a direct link towards affecting your health and well-being, you know. It, it helps with noise pollution. You're directly reducing noise pollution by having less cars on the road, right? You're protecting your biodiversity and natural habitats. It's obvious that when we have more roads, you're actually affecting the biodiversity because you're driving them away, which usually affects their longevity and their survival because you're moving them out of their natural habitats, right? And it, it even affects the minor things like the UAE and farm, farmers. When you look at farmers as an example, farmers are very much dependent on groundwater, right? More cars means more runoff. What does runoff do? Runoff ends up polluting uh, the, the, the groundwater, basically, because the water seeps into the ground and actually pollutes it, and which affects the, the produce that you're growing. So it has, it has a chain effect. So people, you know, I think one of the things is actually being able to send this message to people that it does affect over the, the short and long run how these things, how these sustainable 
actions actually benefit you individually and benefit the community and benefit uh, everything around it. So is that word sustainability? I, I, I kind of think we all have a pretty clear picture of what sustainability means now. But the point is to go that step further isn't it? To sustain a sustainable attitude, if you like. And as corny as that sounds, that's really what we all have to do. Yeah, yeah. No, no, for sure, for sure. And 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 sustainability, I mean, we're not only looking at the environmental aspects, right? We're looking at the environmental aspects. We're looking at ways we can be more economical. We're looking at how, I mean, it's 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 a it's a triple bottom line of being uh, economically stable, environmental stewardship, uh, and 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 uh, social and reducing social impacts. I mean, we're looking at the all three three aspects of uh, of the triangle, if, if we call it right. So that's a definition of sustainability. You know, you look at all three edges. You look at the social aspects. You look at the the economical aspects and the environmental aspects. And I mean, even just going back to that transportation example, by you taking public transportation, you're actually saving yourself. You're saving yourself. And uh, to look at the, the 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 micro level, car insurance, gas and electricity bills, the cost of the vehicle, maintenance, tolls, parking, fines. I mean, you can go on and on. And it's and public. Transportation is safer, you know. It's it's it is proven to be safer, and uh, I mean, there's so many benefits that you once you start breaking them down. So yeah, I think the financially conscious among us uh, will like the idea of a positive triple bottom line. Honestly, I've never heard of that before, personally. <laughs> so, but Romar, I have just two more questions, or one question in two parts to finish up the episode. I'm really interested in what you think about two things, right? We've talked a lot about the year of sustainability. I just want to hear your final thoughts on where we are and where we're going in terms of this year uh, and the sustainability initiatives. And of course, COP28, the 2023 UN Climate Change Conference that starts on November 30th, uh, as you know, runs to 12th of December here in the UAE. From your perspective, and you are intimately involved in COP, of course, uh, what does it mean for the UAE to be hosting such an international event like this? Um, and in climate change terms, what do you see emerging from commitments that the UAE has made and is continuing to make in the future? So with with the UAE being the host of COP28, this is an actual a big milestone for the UAE as a country. For the first time, we're actually taking on one of the largest multilateral processes in the world, right? It's evident climate is at the front and center of many countries' agendas. Right? It affects everything. It affects uh, it affects the economy. It affects social aspects. It affects politics. It affects everything. And 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 you know when you look at the cops, the cops these days they bring around over a hundred and forty heads of state. So this is a this is a big decision decision making body, and what it means is that the UAE is now front and center to showcase what it can deliver for climate change, what it can deliver for climate action, and and basically when you think of that, the UAE is actually building its uh, domestic credibility and its global uh, global face in terms of climate action. And I think with the delivery of COP28 and, and showcasing that we were able to drive uh, climate action on a global level, 
the UAE is on track to becoming one of the most climate action uh, climate action leaders uh, globally. So yeah, I think that's the importance of the climate conference. You know, it will it will it will open up new doors, whether it be about uh, partnerships or uh, funding or support a transformational global change for the world when it comes to climate action. And then when you look at the year of sustainability, of course, uh, we talked about this. Uh, multiple times, right? The 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 individual makes a difference, and 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 making that change. I think the year of sustainability and this year specifically uh, is the 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 initiative is driving basically empowering the public and inviting them to share collective responsibility for the future of our planet, right? Uh, showing that simple actions uh, make a positive impact, whether you're at home or in the office. Uh, looking at how people can, by reducing their energy, their water usage, reducing their waste, or or choosing environmentally friendly products, I mean, this this makes a big difference, and this is what it goes hand in hand with the COP process, right? The COP process, and as a COP presidency, we need to show our credibility, and initiatives like this basically shows the world how we are looking at every single level even on our local level and showing that we are credible actors so uh, this is an important initiative and it's uh, basically going hand in hand with the progress that we need to make for cop 28 omar al breaky is the deputy chief negotiator and head of implementation for cop 28 on the line from paris for this first episode of season three of naturally educated a great way to start the series omar we really appreciate your time today expertise and all the best in the build-up to cop 28 thank you so much for joining us thank you very much it was a pleasure thank you it was so great to hear from Omar. What a busy guy. Really is. I mean, we we only just kind of nailed him down for 30 minutes or so there. He's traveling around uh, everywhere, building up to COP28. I mean, it, it's a really interesting episode to start with this because as much as it's kind of broad, it's an overview, what came out for me, and I wonder if you agree with this, Abdurrahman, is it was very much about and I think Omar was really good at this, making the point that the UAE has done a lot. And I think a lot of it's kind of gone under the radar. There was something he said, and I didn't realise. The UAE was just one of 29 countries to revise a second NDC prior to COP27. Now, I didn't know what that meant. So I'm kind of hurriedly Googling uh, as he was talking there. But it's really interesting because an NDC is a nationally determined contribution. It's, it's something that, that was at the very heart of the agreement in Paris, COP27, and goes towards the achievement of long-term goals. Now, the UN language around this is NDCs embody efforts by each country to reduce national emissions and adapt to the impacts of climate change. That's one way of putting it. If you simplify that, the Paris Agreement basically said to all of the countries to outline and communicate their post-2020 climate actions. The UAE was one of only 29 that did. And that's mm-hmm. that's a real commitment. Absolutely. And as you know, the Paris Agreement has been such a shift in climate policy in general. Uh, just to give some context here, by the way, uh, pre- in previous years, there we had something called the Kyoto Protocol. Right. Which which did not take that approach. It took the approach of, okay, every country, you know, 
here's what you should be doing. Uh, and that was a bit difficult for people or countries to accept. But the Paris um, COP simply flipped that over and said, you know what? Everyone is responsible. You're responsible. You're responsible. So you better, you know, decide on your own what you want to do and how to better, um, you know, work towards uh, ending climate change. And he was kind of very, very clear about that as well. He, had, he said something else, uh, and there was, and it was just a really simple line, almost a throwaway line, but it kind of summed up everything. He said, and this is exact, and I wrote this down because it really struck me. The UAE is an early adopter of climate change action. It's mm -hmm. in our DNA. I think that's really, really important. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, recognizing the importance of climate change is on its own uh, incredible, especially mm -hmm. for a country like ours. Let's be honest, you know, the main industries might not be uh, climate change friendly, but for mm -hmm. a country to say, you know what, this is actually so important that we're looking past that, we're looking to ad adapt and change and evolve. A journey through climate policy with our special guest, Omar Albreki, Deputy Chief Negotiator and Head of Implementation for COP28. One of the experts as well, forming the Sustainability Experts Network as part of the UAE Year of Sustainability Initiative. Big thank you to Omar once again. And that's it for this episode, our first in this brand new third season of Naturally Educated. Just before we sign off, Abdurrahman, can you let everyone know where to find us, how to get in touch with the podcast? Absolutely, guys. We'd love to hear from you. It really helps us hear your thoughts uh, on discussions uh, on Naturally Educated in general. Please keep on reaching out with your comments. And if you have a story to share with us uh, about this episode specifically or the season in general, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Environment Abu Dhabi, one word. There's also our website, ead.gov.ae, and our YouTube channel at Environment Agency Abu Dhabi. Please give us a like and hit the subscribe button wherever you find us. Thanks for joining us for episode one. I'm Tim Elliott. And I'm Abdurrahman Azabi. We're back with more in season three of Naturally Educated very soon. Make a note to join us again. See you then.